Hey there, and welcome to the Coaching Floors Podcast. This is Dr. Jen, and each week we'll be doing interviews to inform our listeners about techniques to help children with complex communication needs discover their voice with AAC. Stay tuned. Hey there, today I have Mary Mockton on from Talk To Me Technologies. I recently connected with her on a couple of evaluations for dedicated speech generating devices. And I feel like a lot of our families don't realize there is a company out there who can help them with accessing speech generating devices for their children. And so I thought, why not have Mary on the show and she can share with us a bit more about the referral process and even how some medical insurances can help cover the cost of a device. So welcome, Mary. Okay, so Mary, tell us about yourself and how you came to be an SLP and your involvement with Talk To Me Technologies. Okay, so I've been in the field for 15 years and I went, I declared it as a major, so I knew I wanted to be an SLP. I had originally wanted to become um, a deaf and hard of hearing teacher and some college advisor along the way when I was visiting schools told me, well, you can do that, but why don't you think about being a speech pathologist because you can still focus on deaf and hard of hearing, but you'll also have like this larger range field uh-huh. yeah, or scope. And I don't know why, but I took his advice, some stranger, and I'm super happy that I did. And so that's how I sort of became an SLP. And that was my focus the whole time. I did clinical work with a cochlear implant team in Milwaukee and the Milwaukee Sign Language School. And when I was in Texas, I worked at the State School for the Deaf. Most of my career has been in deaf and hard of hearing and then also some private work and different things like that. I've lived a bunch of different places also. Sounds like it. <laughs> so when I when we got back to the Midwest and we came to Iowa because Talk to Me Technologies is the home office is mm-hmm. in Cedar Falls, Iowa. I started to hear more about it. I didn't know too much about it otherwise. And I was on the speech therapist side. We were seeking a device for one of my clients at the time. And so I had firsthand experience of Talk to Me working with them as a speech therapist, seeking a device for a client. Cool. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. how you got hooked up. Yeah. And I kept telling myself, why are they so nice? Like uh-huh. everyone has been awesome to work with this whole way and they answer questions and they're really responsive. And like I Skyped on with someone to do training and help. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know. I was really impressed with Talk to Me before. As even, a consumer. As, yes, exactly. Yep. As an SLP making referrals with them. So. Talk to me about why a dedicated speech generating devices. There's plenty of apps out there and shortens or mm-hmm. iPads that people can get access to. Mm-hmm. Why a dedicated speech generating device? Right. So obviously, Talk to Me Technology is not the only company that offers this. So with whatever company someone might choose with a device that matches their needs best, because that's ultimately what we want all our clients to have mm-hmm. is something that meets their needs. Getting a dedicated device, one insurance, most insurances cover speech generating devices. Hmm. So they fall under durable medical equipment. Okay. Okay. If someone looks into their insurance plan or does more investigating, they might learn whether or not a a speech generating device is covered. So that's one reason. And then you'd have to figure out if there was out-of-pocket expense. But that's one thing, cost. The second thing is... With an iPad or an iPhone or something like that, mm-hmm. you have to buy data and pay oh. for it. And you have to buy a 
durable cover, ideally, if you're using it for communication mm -hmm. and it's going everywhere and it's portable, then you can't just have an iPad without a, some sort of strong case around it. The other thing is if the screen cracks or something like that, it's not under warranty like mm -hmm. a dedicated device is. And I'll kind of talk through warranties and things. And then software updates, if it starts to reach a max of like updates and then the app isn't compatible and then you have to get a new one and those kinds of things, you know, a client or a family is responsible for all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Getting a dedicated device from a company like ours offers you warranty. Talk to me technologies offers technical support too. So people can call Monday through Friday for yeah. us. It's like eight 30 to six. And we have an awesome support team. Yeah, the numbers on the back. <laughs> yeah, I remember like yeah. when working with students, I always would just check the back of yes. the device and call that number. Yep. And I was always yeah. able to get a hold of someone during the school day. Yes. And I will say, even just yesterday, people just reportedly are super grateful for our support. Mm -hmm. So the, I think that is the benefit of getting a dedicated device. We offer durable casing, Bluetooth speaker, a stand. The glass is not a typical iPad glass. It's Gorilla Glass. It's thicker, things like that. So wow. going through a dedicated device and then the warranty, for example, ours is three years or four major breaks. Mm. So someone would have to crack the screen wow. four times. <laughs> and, you know, that is not four times, but screens crack, right. you know, and then you just send it in and we take care of it and it's covered. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just think most families that are working with or have someone in their lives that might need a device, there's probably a whole lot of other stuff going on too. Mm -hmm. And so to take all of that off of them, to get the data, to be in charge, to be responsible for it, to think about it, to know the ins and outs of how to appropriately use a communication app and all that stuff, yeah. I think is a lot to take on. Whereas a company like ours, especially with us consultants, I just think it kind of takes a lot of that off their shoulders. Okay. You showed me some of these apps and mm -hmm. we went through them and I've seen that you can purchase those, but you were talking to me about the proprietary aspects. What does mm -hmm. that mean? So different companies, not just us again, um, own certain vocabulary sets, sets that um, other people don't have. And so again, a family or a client would just seek out what they thought fit them best and mm -hmm. their language needs and things like that. But an app will be limiting on how much, like what kind of voice it projects, which I think you've found. Also how much you can do with an app. Anything that you buy is going to be different than the depth of something that comes on a dedicated speech device. That mm -hmm. makes sense. Yep. Um, and so for us, there are certain vocabulary sets that we've designed that we think are super user-friendly and speak to research-based best practice with SLPs and things. So, yeah. Nice. And then let's also touch on the part of it being dedicated because mm -hmm. when we talk about families purchasing an iPad or having an yes. iPad and putting an mm -hmm. app on it. Mm -hmm. So being a speech pathologist, I view anything related to this in that lens still. So I also think it's a pretty high expectation to put on a kiddo to have an iPad with an app that they also have used for entertainment, most mm -hmm. likely. I mean, yeah. most kids in 2019 know how to navigate an iPad, get to YouTube or Netflix or their favorite game, mm -hmm. super easy. And so if you're expecting them to take this thing that they've known for fun and entertainment for 
however long, and now you're putting a different command on it, like a communication app, and then they have to go to that app, and they can't do their fun things. It sometimes can really impact how much they'll want to access their communication. Mm. Um, whereas like a dedicated device, meaning you can't access Wi-Fi, you can't download apps, they it's will see voice. that as separate, exactly, yeah. than their fun, entertainment, downtime, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it's used for. It's a separate entity, which just really helps them kind of understand that they're, or decipher between the two, which I think is important. So Yeah, and if they have their family iPad mm -hmm. and they're playing a game, they can have their dedicated exactly. device right next to it. Yep and be talking about right. that game or whatever it yes. is they need to yeah. still use. Because if they're watching something on the iPad but they need a snack, mm -hmm. then you're expecting them to turn off their favorite show that they're probably using to just take 20 minutes to themselves. Yeah. And then they have to get out of their favorite show to go into their, yeah. So it's a good <laughs> example. I don't know. It just seems like a lot to expect. It does for them. seem like a lot. And then one other question with maybe a company like Talk To Me Technologies. Do you offer maybe more accessibility options with yes, like a mm -hmm. kiddo who needs eye gaze mm -hmm. or, or yes. this or that? So yes. talk to me about that. So if you, yeah, going through a company like ours, you we have different accessories or equipment that falls under the same sort of category and we can request it all at one time. If someone doesn't have the motor abilities um, or presents in a way where they cannot touch a screen to get to or to make the device speak for them and use their voice. Then we have switch options. We do have devices that offer eye gaze. There's also scanning options, so mm. you can do automatic scanning, which visually it'll scan, or you can also do auditory scanning, so someone that needs to hear their options, maybe they have visual impairments. Yeah. We offer that, and then the eye gaze is probably the biggest piece of accessibility. Because the goal of a device is always to make sure that someone's voice is available and that it's efficient and portable and easy and there. And kind of, again, putting all those pieces together for a family on their own and figuring all that out seems like a lot. But yeah, we offer a lot of accessibility options. Nice. That was a good question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so walk me through the process and where to start. Anyone can reach out. You can go to our website or call the office or say, hey. However, the one thing is is that a speech pathologist does have to be involved. So even if a parent or a spouse reaches out, that's great. Anyone can reach out and start the referral process. Mm -hmm. But we would ask that if someone isn't receiving speech services, that they talk to their primary care physician and get orders for speech. Because ultimately, their treating speech therapist is who will make the recommendation you know, give us input on their current language skills, how they present, and then go through a trial with them and make sure it's clinically effective for them. And then down the road, the speech pathologist is who signs off on a report saying that it's medically necessary. And that's how we go through an insurance sure. company. Mm -hmm. okay. So you get a script from a doctor and then the report of medical necessity by an SLP. Anyone can start the process, mm -hmm. but again, the recommendation is always that they're getting treated. And when I've with worked with Talk To Me Technologies and, and starting those referrals, then you guys really take over from there. Yeah. Because everything that you just described yes. 
diagnosis and reports, and that all sounds really scary and overwhelming. But you guys have a team that really just kind of Mm -hmm. systematically lays it out. Yeah, so us um, AAC consultants out in the field are kind of the starting point, and we meet with the SLPs and the families and show them their options and kind of find what I call the starting point. We just want to make sure everyone agrees on a place to start, and then we offer a complimentary loan so that people can have it for about four weeks or so. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you really start to see if a client will be successful and things like that. And then if someone does decide that they want to get a device, then our funding team kind of takes over. And once we work with a family to fill out paperwork and get everything signed because we have insurance and we do kind of have a specific way of kind of following all those steps through it and we communicate a lot yes (laughs) ideally you know touching base on email because we really try to touch base along the way Mm -hmm. once someone does get a device from us we come out and do a really in-depth training so to make sure that everyone feels comfortable everything's customized safety issues everything like that really the ins and outs of how to use one of our devices so and at that point, the family's already used the device, the student, the mm-hmm. the school, you know, and so then you almost have more questions when you come to that training. So it can be really mm-hmm. effective. Yeah, yeah. To have that training once you get the device. Mm-hmm. How old? How young? You know, like, is there an mm-hmm. age range? Is there like something to think about when it comes to age? I don't think so. I mean, as a speech therapist, I'll never forget. One of my professors on the whiteboard wrote like birth and death and wrote an arrow and was like, you can work with people all within this age range. Now, a newborn baby is not going to use a communication device, (laughs) but, you know, similar to early development and how the medical field or therapy field approaches like not trying to diagnose autism too early or anything like that, Mm -hmm. I would say about two or three years old. I've worked with kiddos that are that young where, you know, the SLPs just know that they're going to need it or depending on their diagnoses and they want to get language early. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's my biggest thing, you know, is to be cautious of um, like language deprivation if they're not getting it or they are, but they have a lot more to say than they can get out. And how do you know that unless you're, you know, kind of trying alternative means to get there. Mm-hmm. So I'd say two or three is the youngest I've worked with. Not that you can't go younger, but you know, usually by that time in their language development, you start to really know if something is significantly different or not. Mm-hmm. And then anywhere in between, honestly, because I've worked with adults and we have a really strong veterans program. Um, so there's really no sort of limit on diagnoses or age or anything like that. If someone would be a good candidate for a device for whatever reason, then we would do our best to try and support them getting one. Mm-hmm. And as you're talking about two and three-year-olds and, mm-hmm. and developmentally appropriate, I don't even know if this is a question <laughs> later on, but um, if something is hindering speech at that time, implementing a device doesn't mean that they are never going to learn to talk. Correct. Mm -hmm. And in fact, research has shown Mm -hmm. that it might help with providing that model. Yes. Yep. So similar to my background in deaf and hard of hearing, I worked with a lot of families, hearing families that were hesitant to teach their child sign language Mm -hmm. because they thought it would impact them 
from learning to talk. And I would always advocate for the fact that, you know, if they don't have hearing aids yet or until they're four or they Mm -hmm. are not consistently wearing them until whatever age, they need to have some sort of language input and communication engagement prior to that time. And so I would really advocate for sign language and just explain the research in regard to if talking is going to be the most efficient means of communication for a kiddo, that's what they will use. And yeah. If they're going to become verbal, they will. Yeah. But teaching um, a child sign language early on is not going to hinder them. And a ton of people know that the research is out there for that, and that's yeah. considered low-tech you know, mm-hmm. means of assistive or augmentative communication. And so similarly, that would be my recommendation in this AAC world is giving them something rather than nothing early Mm -hmm. on. And if they're going to talk, research supports that getting these incidental models all the time from the device is going to encourage verbal output. And I've seen it with certain clients. I will, from the eval to when I'm going back to doing the training, there have been moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, they are talking like crazy and it's awesome. And then that's great. Mm-hmm. And if not, then this will become their efficient means. And, you know, I know everyone wants their kiddo to talk or their spouse to get their voice back and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, but research shows if they will, this will help. And I worked with um, this sweet lady recently who, um, you know, I was just in an eval, but we edited something that was important to her. And it was one of her grandson's names. And she would say in her own way verbally like i just i just could never say it. i just can't ever say it and her daughter was explaining to us like i don't know why there's just one name she just can't say we probably haven't in there and she heard it a couple times when pushing the button and then she said it oh you my know gosh. and i just think people and i get why it seems scary mm-hmm. or that there's hesitation but research really does show it will only encourage spoken language if it's going to be their most efficient means mm-hmm. is kind of how i word it and there's really no way to predict that and right. i know that that's probably scary for people but it won't inhibit it at all that is really and good so. news for people to hear i think yeah i think so but really comforting <laughs> yeah yeah um along with those lines too when we talk about a two-year-old up to mm-hmm. an 86 year old and everything in between you're probably not recommending you know you talked about the starting point the same device right you know, so yeah. that might look differently if the kiddo's in high school mm-hmm. or at a job site or, yeah. yep. or a stroke patient. Yeah. Do you want me to expand on that a little? Sure, go for it. <laughs> I'll just open the box. <laughs> okay. You jump in. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, again, just like, um, and this might, I think there is a question related to this. Oh, one. good. But, you know, I, in when I was in the field practicing as an SLP doing direct service, work. Um, I was always a really functional speech therapist. Like I just wanted them to be able to get their wants and needs met outside of my little one-on-one world that Mm -hmm. I got with them. And so similarly, we want to find that starting point for each patient individually. So it's that whole individualizing something for them. So an adult that has had a stroke may not have regained their reading skills. And so they might need picture support, okay. mm-hmm. you know, but they also might want to still text. And so some of the devices work with their smartphones and they can still text those kinds of things. You can also customize pictures so that they don't seem 
so symbol based and maybe mm -hmm. they want more realistic pictures, especially a family. You can do that. A middle schooler might need more text support or something small like a phone that seems more socially appropriate mm. to carry around with them and have in class than yep. something larger. And then similarly, little kiddos need something that's lightweight and portable, but big enough where they can still access the buttons on the screen. And so that's the SLP's job and the whole team and family's input where you try to really narrow in on kind of how this person is presenting and what's going to work best for them. And there is a multitude of options on yes. how to get there. And so, oh my gosh. yeah. Thank you, Mary, for sharing with us today. We will wrap up next week with part two. If you could subscribe to the podcast so you get notified when new episodes are released and check out Coaching Flores on Facebook and coachingflores.com for downloads. I hope you heard something that inspires you. I'll see you next week.